been looking for a home in this neighborhood, and nothing that fits our needs seems to be available. Then our realtor told us about the FHA 203K program, where we can find a smaller room and use that program to add another room and remodel the home all in the same loan. The same loan we used to purchase the home. What a great idea. Renovation project where the my stands for Mike Young. Hey, we're going to be uh, discussing any and all things regarding renovations. If you have a renovation project going on and it's not going the way you think it should, feel free to call in and let us know what's going on. Maybe we can give you a solution right there on the phone. Uh, in any case, join us. Uh, if you want to call in, call at 888 627 6008. That's right, 888- 627-6008. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, your teacher, fireman, policeman, EMT, prison guard. I met a uh, former prison warden who lives in our subdivision the other day. Nice lady. Obviously a tough lady to be a prison warden. But uh, you got to know that there are programs. FHA HUD has a... Uh, program called the Good Neighbor Next Door program, and they look at police officers, EMT, firemen as good neighbors, good neighbors, and what they'll do is they'll give you 50% off your next home if you buy in a targeted area. They want to see those cars, those police cars coming in and out of those neighborhoods, wherever they might be, and it might surprise you. Some of those neighborhoods are pretty darn nice. These are not dilapidated neighborhoods. These are homes... uh, the ones that we've done in the past have been very nice homes, and we just made them better. If you're going to do that, if you're going to buy a good neighbor next door, and you're going to get a 50% discount on that house, don't get crazy with your offer. Your offer should reflect the value that is there. Um, HUD always appraises these properties with a... Uh, you know, a solid appraisal, and that appraisal is going to give you a value. That value is where they base their their price. So if they're asking for, let's say, 400000 for a house, then your offer should be 400000 and not a lot more. Even though you're going to get 50% discount, anything you offer over the $400,000 appraised value has to be put up in cash. So if you're going to be offering on a $400,000 house and you think there might be multiple offers, you're safe or fairly safe if you put in an offer of $400,020, something you have in your pocket, something you can pay uh, rather easily. Don't get crazy like some people have in the past and offer 500 thinking you're going to get 50% discount because it doesn't work that way. You need to find a realtor. Uh, for those of you who call it a realtor, it's a realtor. <laughs> uh, anyway, call a realtor that knows what they're doing and is familiar with the uh, FHA slash HUD for closed homes, and they can look at it. Typically, they put that right in the listing that this is a 
picture or this is a uh, first-time home buyer or or they are not necessarily first-time home buyer but if if you have a chance it'll say that this is a 203k in other words that tells you it's it needs some work uh, so don't get crazy on the offer and if it qualifies for the good neighbor next door program it should tell you that as well right in the listing so pay attention and watch for those listings you know, every once in a while you get into a you know a homeowner might get into a project they don't do a renovation loan every day in fact if you do one or you probably never do another one <laughs> you got you know if you have any problems realize that they're only problems are only problems if you let them be we can work through any issue uh, when we were in Jamaica and we got on the tour bus this lovely little tour guide was telling everybody that in Jamaica there is no such thing as a problem we only have issues if there's an issue we can work through it there are no problems in Jamaica well there's no problems in the FHA 203k there's issues that may crop up um, one of the biggest issues that crops up quite often is the loan closes the contractor is told it can get started and the contractor calls for a draw request why is there any work completed probably not he's looking for that handout he's looking for that money to go buy materials uh, there aren't any there isn't any there won't be any uh, we do have the ability to pay up to 50% of the material on certain items if requested but those checks are going to be made out to the suppliers and you have to show a supplier's invoice and uh, a W9 or a 1099 from a W9 from that supplier so they'll actually write that check directly to the supplier for up to 50% well that'll get your deposits made that'll get your a lot of times it'll get your cabinets built and that's all good stuff now when they're delivered to the home and you install them you're going to get the other half shortly thereafter when you call for a draw but they must be installed for a consultant to authorize payment and yes I, mean, I said that I should have said inspector having a 203k consultant is a misunderstood entity typically a 203k consultant is your consultant up until the time the loan closes at which time that loan or the consultant becomes an inspector while he was a consultant he works for the homeowner now he's an inspector he works for the lender and always in the HUD's and the lenders best interest but also in the homeowners best interest it is in the homeowners best interest that we don't pay for things that aren't complete every once in a while a change order or a will pop up a change that has to be made in order to move forward if they're tearing out some drywall and see dry rot in the wall behind it they can't just cover it up that's a legitimate change order I remember one guy called me one day and he says Mike we were tearing a stucco apart on the way down the house and it ends up and it went all the way to the very end and there's a lot more work there and it's going to cost about five thousand two hundred and eighty dollars 
32 cents. And I thought, gee, that's amazing that he has it down to the penny like that. Normally, that doesn't happen. They usually round it off. So I, I got pulled it up while we were talking on the phone. And I pulled it up, and I realized that's exactly how much the contingency reserve was to the penny. So I asked the contractor, I said, look, don't do anything yet. I'm going to send the termite company out there, the pest control company that did that pest report for us, and have them take a look at this and give us a bid. Oh, in that case, how about $500? And I thought, how about you being honest now? And the contractor, him hauled around, and finally I got him to spill the beans. He said, look, the homeowner actually, uh, there's there's no dry rot extra. I said, well, then what's the 500 for? He says, trying to save face. And I said, well, instead you just lied. So you didn't save face. One, you tried to commit fraud. Two, you added to the fraud by changing your story. But in any case, why is... Why are we asking for that money in reality? What's the real reason? And he shared with me that the homeowner decided they wanted a freestanding fireplace, or not a freestanding, but a uh, zero-clearance fireplace added to this house, and that was the actual cost down to the penny of that thing. And I said, you got to be kidding. What are the chances that an item you're going to purchase comes down to the penny Exactly the same amount as our contingency reserve. I mean, that's got to be one in 200 billion or something like that. It's just not possible, guy. It's just not possible. Anyway, uh, we didn't provide the money. I did tell him that, you know, if you'd have just asked, once 90% of the work is done and that contingency is still sitting there, you can add things to the house that... Go such such as you're asking for, um, legitimately, without committing fraud, without making me an unwilling participant in your fraud. You know that's crazy to make other people uh, involved in a fraud you're committing against the United States government slash HUD. This is uh, this is crazy, people. You don't realize you can go to jail for doing that. So and and by making your consultant a part of it, or your inspector, a part of your fraud, that can be bad. The next item is change orders cannot be paid until they are 100% complete. So you're going to uh, tell me that it's for the extra pest work that you discovered? I'm going to send the pest guy out and have him look at it. I'm going to say, leave it open. Tear it all out, get it ready to go so I can see the damage. Shoot me some pictures and then make the repairs, but don't close it. Don't put the stucco back until I've had a chance to see it myself. I want to see this. Um, that's how you keep fraud from happening is, is to just don't participate in it in the first place. So. If, for instance, or for some reason you're getting into a renovation project and you cannot find a suitable contractor, feel free to ask your consultant. They might have somebody they can recommend. Uh, we, I know of a consultant in, I won't say what state, I know a lot of people all over the country, and he was using the same contractor. 
In fact, he would take the contractor with him on every one of his jobs, and his contractor would put a bid together on the scope that they arrived at while in that initial inspection. And then he would award that job to that contractor uh, until HUD one day said, hey, you know what's odd? Looks like you have the same contractor on every job you've ever done with HUD. How is that even possible? Uh, apparently he was reprimanded quite heavily for it. So it's something you don't want to do. Uh, if the homeowner has a contractor, work with them. If the contractor doesn't know how to put a proper bid together, give them your scope, prices out of it, and let him bid your scope of work. All he has to do is hand write the numbers in there. This is not rocket science. It's real simple to do. If your software doesn't do it, you need some different software. So anyway, if you've got a topic you'd like to discuss uh, and you don't want to be on the radio, go to 203k911.com and scroll down to the contact form and let us know everything you can about it. Try to give me enough information that I can help you make a decision. Uh, we're happy to do that. Uh, it, it doesn't cost you anything for that initial assessment of your issues, but it's much less waste of our time if you give me as many details as possible. And tell me what the real problem is. Don't, don't, don't think we're going to get on the phone and spend two hours. I'm not going to do that. It's not necessary in most cases. But if you'll send me a lengthy description of what the problem is and what's the solution you're trying to reach, I'll tell you if it's even possible. And it won't cost you a cent. Now, if you want us to actually put those things into practice for you and actually write those letters and, and make some calls on your behalf, there is a fee for that. But we've been able to help 98% of our clients without a fee attached to it because most of their problems were so simple, or the solutions at least were so simple, that they were able to do it after hearing the solution. And they would, oh my goodness, that is, I, I should have known that. Well, we don't expect you to because you don't do renovation all day, every day, and that's what we do. So, anyway, if you want to be part of the show today, call us at 888-627-6008. That's 6008. Um, and we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with you. So hang in there. We love our neighborhood, and schools here are great for the kids. But our family has outgrown our home due to the new baby on the way. Then we heard about the FHA 203K program, where we can add a room or two to our home and refinance the existing loan, all in one low-interest 30-year loan. What a great idea!
made available. That's what happened in 1995. If you're back with us, we appreciate that. Uh, call us at 888-627-6008, and, and we'll get on with this thing. But why would a home inspector want to add a 203K credential to his resume? It's simple. It's very simple. Right now, a home inspector, if you hire a home inspector, and the home inspector comes out and he looks at your project and he might recommend an engineer look at your foundation. He might recommend a licensed contractor to look at a back porch that's failing. And then he would recommend a, a roofer, a licensed roofer to come out and inspect the roof for you and give you a detailed inspection out these are all good recommendations, and probably they're warranted. If he, if he recommends it, he, they're warranted. I'll tell you that. But what do you know now that will help you make an offer on this property? Nothing. Now, what can you do? You can hire a consultant. Even if you're not getting a 203K loan, you can hire a 203K consultant to come out, give you that same report on those same items and give you a cost to cure, a cost to make those repairs. Isn't that cool? You know, I think it is. I had bought and sold over 300 properties, uh, some of them single-family duplexes, triplexes, and fourplexes. Um, many of them were single-family houses, so I could literally walk through a house like many of us can. Uh, and, and come up with a pretty darn close idea of what it's going to cost, but we all perform what's called a feasibility analysis. You can get a feasibility analysis. It's going to give you rough ideas of costs, but it's less expensive than a consultation. But if you were buying, you know, if I was buying a house right now and I didn't understand construction like I do, I would be looking for someone that did understand construction at least as good as I did, do. So why? Because I want to know what is it going to cost to make the repairs that he finds are necessary. That's important. If I can find those necessary repairs, uh, the cost of those necessary repairs, then I'm way ahead on making my offer on that property. Okay. So use a consultant for your home inspection and ask you to price out the repairs. Uh, a home inspector cannot, in most states, price out the repairs. So do you really want a home inspection? Maybe you don't. Maybe you actually could be better served by getting a consultation report. Now, many times they're a little bit more expensive, but you get so much more information. Why not? You know, if there's a crack in the foundation and you're worried about it, a consultant is going to say, hey, here's what we would propose would be the repair for that or the fix for that problem. And to do it this way would cost X number of dollars. So you have that information uh, in front of you when you make your offer on the property. I don't know how you could make an offer on a property if you didn't know pretty much the cost of of any repairs that may be needed. Uh, so, 
Okay, there. A consultant will actually determine what repairs are needed and then give you a cost to cure, a cost to make those repairs. And that's all empowering. If you're buying a house that's valued, or let's say they're asking $500,000, that's a big investment. Now, you know it needs some work because you are going to um, you want to make it your house. You may choose to paint it again, even if it isn't painted or it's just been painted, just because you want to. You don't like the color or that blue just isn't your idea of a living room rug. <laughs> I picked that because when I years ago when I became an appraiser, I uh, went out on my own for the first time doing my first appraisal as an individual on his own, and I came back and my my mentor and and good friend Jacob turned out. He says, "Why are you replacing this carpet? It looks new." And I said, "It is new." But my God, look at the color. Nobody's going to want this color except the people who put it in. And I, why they put a, brute, a bright blue carpet in a house just before they sold it, that's crazy. Unless they knew somebody that was going to buy it that was going to pay for that blue carpet. Um, it's nothing I would keep. You know, I wouldn't even put it in a rental. Typically, you're going to go with uh, earth tones. And blue isn't an earth tone. Earth tones being a light green, browns, tans, uh, stuff like that. But why, why on earth would you put in a bright blue carpet? Most people's furniture doesn't match that. So anyway, I uh, I get letters and, and emails quite often from consultants that are just getting started and they have a question. We're happy to help. Contractors call us and, and say, my consultant won't pay me anything up front. What do I do? How do I get this thing done? And we offer them solutions as well to, to approach, to uh, bring up to their consultant and see if they can't do this, that, and the other thing. In our contracts, we always throw a comment right below, or excuse me, right above where the contractor is going to sign that contract. And that says, one, there's no upfront money. That's the biggest problem we have. I remember one of my first 203Ks, nicest man was buying this house. He's a contractor. He watched it burn a little bit when the fire was going on uh, from his apartment across the street. Now he's buying this fixer. He got a good price on it. But when I went to make the inspection, it was raining, and the rain would hit you right in the face while you're walking through the house. The roof had literally been removed to put the fire out. The carpet was still there, but now it's like four inches thick. It's rolled up pretty good as it absorbed all that water. And underneath it was hardwood floor that was starting to buckle now because the carpet and pad kept the water against it for such a long time. And... This nice, nice guy uh, went through the process. I explained how it worked. And in that day, in those days, the early days, like 25 years ago, the contractor and the homeowner could be the same person. Uh, they just had a few hoops to jump through. 
uh, bookkeeping area, actually mostly. And they don't get paid for their own labor, but they can get paid for labor from their employees and so forth. So what happened was the day it closed, I get a call, and they said, the loan closed. And then I get a second call. Contractor, homeowner, wants to know if he can get, uh, get me out there for a draw right away. And I was very clear. I said, "You did you start work on that before you owned it? Oh, yeah, it's right across the street. You know, we keep an eye on it. We got it all cleaned out, so we're ready for some of that money. We got the roof fixed, and we're ready for a payment on the roof. I said, you got to be kidding. You put all new rafters up there? Because they were burned out and destroyed. Actually, most of them were missing. He said, yeah, we've got all that done. We've got new sheathing down, got tar paper, and got the roof shingles up. We're ready to go. And I said, you do understand that if I get out there and it's not done, you're not getting any money, right? You will have wasted one of your draw inspection fees because I'm not going to come out there and do an inspection for free. Uh, even if you don't have anything done. He promised me that he had it done. So, get in the car, headed over there. When I pulled up in front of the house, the front door is still missing. I can still see inside, and the daylight is still shining down through onto the floor. He sees me pull up across the street there, and he comes over. Oh, good, you're here. I said, I thought you said the roof was on. And he got kind of sheepish looking grin on his face. Says, well, I figure if I could get you here face to face, that I would uh, be able to talk you in to give me the money so I can go buy the materials. I can have that thing up in a day. I just need the materials here. And I said, what part of my conversation with you you did not understand? I told you, if it isn't done, you will get no money. Yeah, I said, fill out column three. So he filled out column three with what he's requesting. This is a four-column form. And then uh, I had him sign as the homeowner. And then I had him sign as the contractor. And then I continued. I started to read what he just signed. I said, you have just signed this piece of paper saying, I attest and swear that everything I'm requesting is 100% complete or complete to the percentages thereon, listed thereon. Something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing, of course. And then I read the one for the contractor's certification. I said, contractor's also swearing that everything is done, and he's not asking for anything that isn't done, or a percentage of anything that is done he's asking for. I said, do you expect me to sign that? And he says, well, yeah, so I can go get the materials. I'm not asking for the whole roof. I'm just asking for materials. I said, well, that'll that'll sound like a, a big red flag to the lender draw department when they see that. They say, Gee whiz, look at that. He's asking for maybe 40% of this cost of this thing, but that just happens to be the exact amount of the materials over here. You think they're going to let it fly? Well, here. I'm happy to sign that everything below is finished to the percentage you see. He's, oh, good. I said, now, wait a minute. Column four here is what I'm paying for, not column three. 
and I zeroed it out all the way down. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm doing what I told you I was going to do on the telephone. I cannot and must not pay you for anything I know isn't done. All you new consultants that may be listening out there today, if you pay for something that you know is not completed to the percentage that you're requesting, you will get caught eventually, and you will be taken off the HUD list. You will not be a consultant very long. And there is no recourse for you, none whatsoever. There is nobody that you can go cry to and say, oh, I didn't know. Well, because you did know. To be a consultant, you said you read all the guidelines, and you do know this stuff, and yet you violated it. And the guideline says if you violate it, you're gone. There is no recourse. So you just blew it big time. You're no longer an inspector. You're no longer a consultant. You no longer have that career. So you can take that resume item, line item, off of your resume, you're no longer a consultant. So, anyway, if you want to be part of the show today, you've got a question, feel free, 888-627-6008, be part of the show. But stay tuned, we're going to be right back with you after this short break. We moved into our new home knowing it had faults when we discovered more damage than anticipated. Then we heard about the renovation loan that would allow us to refinance the loan and get the money to make those repairs all in one, one low interest loan. What a great idea. Because the lender may tell you to take it out. 
if they think it's permits. Uh, but your explanation was absolutely right. You cannot put them in there. It belongs on the maximum mortgage worksheet, which the lender must fill out. The loan officer putting this together must fill out what's called the maximum mortgage worksheet. And in there, he includes the permit fees, architects, engineering fees, and the like. Uh, we've included some homeowners association fees that were not paid uh, promptly and the house was foreclosed on and homeowners association did not have to give those fees up. Somebody owes them. So they built it into the price of the house and now you can include those things so they can get paid at close of escrow. And that's pretty cool. But no, you, you, The permit fees are going to be reimbursed to the homeowner upon presentation of a paid receipt and only to that much so if you estimate the permits are going to be five hundred dollars or five thousand it makes no difference whatever you estimate them to be they're only going to get paid to what they actually are so if you estimate them high the contractor thinks well I'm going to get paid for being getting over there and sitting in that office and getting those things, so I'm going to put them in at $1,000 when I know full well they're only $545. So he then submits his invoice with the invoice for the uh, permits and finds that he only gets $545 because that's all the permits were cost. So if you want to try to cover him, you're going to have to put in a permit processing fee which is time that he actually spends down there getting those permits. A lot of permits can be taken over the counter, what they call over the counter. You walk in and say, hey, I'm going to do a $20,000 renovation project on this house, uh, just general stuff, you know, carpet, paint. We're going to put in new kitchen cabinets. Well, new kitchen cabinets... That's no big deal. You don't need permits for that, but if you're going to put in new kitchen cabinets, you do need an electrical permit. They want to see two circuits at least in that kitchen, a minimum of two circuits. So you just got to tell them what it is. Quite often you can get that permit over the counter issued within minutes from the time you get called, but you don't get called. If it's a busy day, don't even go on Monday. Don't even go and try to get your permits on Monday. Uh, go Tuesday and get there early because you're going to be there a while unless you happen to get first in line. So, uh, But they're only going to pay for items. The lender draw department is only going to pay for those receipts to the letter of the invoice. Not your invoice, Mr. Contractor, but the invoice that shows the permits were paid, the paid receipt. And if that paid receipt is $502.39, that's all you're going to get. That's all you're going to get. So uh, renovation loans in general are all about providing you with the financing to purchase or refinance your house and include the money to do the uh, construction. And that is fantastic. It's empowering. If you want to talk about your project, call us at 888-627-6008 and ask your questions. Let's get some interest out here. 
It makes the program much more interesting, by the way, when you don't have to sit and listen to me the whole time. Um, there is a situation that happened to us recently. I'm sure it's happened to others, but the guideline says that every 30 days after the loan closes, there should be proof of uh, that the work is happening. Every 30 days, you're supposed to do a draw inspection. Now, some contractors get out there the day it closes or a couple days after it closes and bring a whole crew, and they go to town. I've had contractors tell me, I'm going to need a draw every two weeks. Is that a problem? I said, not with me. It's certainly not a problem. I said, uh, but you'll be unique in that effort. Uh, he said, well, I'm going to get out there. First thing we're going to do is we're going to pour that uh, foundation work that we need to get done. So when I get that poured, I want to get a draw. I said, great. Take pictures of the forms once you get them up so I can see the steel in the forms. And, but I don't really need that because the inspector from the city or county is going to that before he pours and authorize him to pour. And he'll have that signed off on his permit. And if you're not already doing this, consultants out there, take a picture of the permit card each time you go out there. It's supposed to be kept on site. You and I know it's not always. It's quite often in the truck or the glove box or a file folder or briefcase of the contractor. But ask him for it. Get a picture of it so you can see the things that were signed off since you were there last. A lot of lenders now are making sure that the item you're requesting is signed off before they pay for it. So if you're trying to get a partial electric rough end, then you're going to look on that uh, signed off permit and see if the rough end on the electrical has been signed off. It may not be because all of the rough end hasn't been completed. But, you know, that can tie up a lot of money. An electrical right now bid on a new house or uh, an updated electrical system is going to cost you upward of $20,000 in many cases, depending on the size of your house, of course. But uh, you might get 10000 of that's done, and, and he wants to get a partial draw, and that's, that's fair. And those things are not going to be signed off by your locality uh, right then. They won't be signed off until the rough is complete. Um, I had a guy call me and want, he wants signed off on his, uh, the new electrical panel. And I said, okay, where is it? He shows it to me and it's installed. He's got it up in the box. He got it where it belongs and it's nailed in place, but there's not one single wire going to it. So I had to show him where the rough end called for all of his breakers to be in there and tied into electric. So he's got to bring his wiring in there. All he did was put a cabinet in there for 250 to 500 bucks. He put a metal cabinet in there. And he wanted $2,500 for the installation of that panel. I said, come on, you know better than that. Um, now, I am a prankster. Everybody knows me that I'm a magician and a ventriloquist. And one day I got a new toy. We were doing a, an inspection, and the toy was in my pocket. I had no idea what I was inspecting that day. And I get out there, and the guy says, oh, okay, we're going to fill out column three for you. And when I saw him, 
Markdown Electrical, a main panel. I thought to myself, oh, got to get this toy out. And I put it on. It looks like a ring. fits on your finger, but what it allows you to do is shoot sparks out of your hand. So when we opened that electrical box and we took the panel cover out of the inside, and I said, oh, my God, you you got to be kidding. How can you get by with this? Did he sign this off already? And he said, yeah, it's all signed off. There's nothing wrong. And I said, yeah, right there. And he looked and said, I don't see what it is. What are you saying? What are you seeing that's wrong? And I stuck my hand closer to it, and as I reached in there, sparks shot out of my hand. That poor guy jumped back to the sidewalk. He jumped back to the sidewalk, and then he finally he said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me see your hands. <laughs> he said, you're a magician. I forgot. So, anyway, it was a fun day. Yeah, we, we paid him for his installation. His wiring was all in there. Everything was properly grounded. He had his uh, bonding was all done. That night, I went to Benihana's restaurant, where I, I had been going every week for about 20 years, 25 years. I was, I have chopsticks, and I catch the shrimp when my, when my trained chef tosses a shrimp up in the air and land in my plate, I'd catch it with the chopsticks. Well, that night I was sitting there waiting for him to get started. And he was he was doing some work on the rice, getting the f fried rice done. And I, uh, the light that shines down on the table, I reached up there like I was going to adjust it. And I don't want to touch that dirty light. But uh, as I did, I sparks shot out of my hand and everybody around me went, oh my God, what was that? And, well, the manager had been watching as I stood up to reach for that light. He saw those sparks coming out and he runs over to me, are you okay? That's all I need to do is kill my best customer. And I'm laughing so hard and the chef never even looked up. He's just cutting away and doing something with that rice, putting his soy sauce in there and he said, it's okay, it's okay. And he, he just, yeah, I didn't get him at all. He didn't do it. He didn't jump. And, and gosh, good friend of ours anyway. Over the years, been to many of my family get-togethers. Uh, never had him cook for us there. We always have him cook for us at Benihana's. But wonderful, wonderful people. They treated us well. And they got over the surprise magic trick that I had there that day. But thinking about that, I'm going to have to go see if I can dig that out of the box. It's got to still be in the garage. So anyway, regardless, um, but if you're not having a draw inspection at least every 30 days, you could be setting yourself up for a failure. We had one recently where the homeowner contractor did not call me for a final draw. And, you know, it had been two months, 60 to 90 days, in fact. And the contractor says, when will I get that final check? And I pulled the records up and I said, I, there hasn't been a final draw requir requested yet. Now, this contractor has done several 203Ks with us. Um, I, I want to say half a dozen or so. 
he knows the process. He knows when he's ready for a draw. He needs to place an order. He needs to call us and tell us. Uh, it is not our job as inspectors to babysit the contractor or the homeowner. What happened was terrible. The homeowner decides to refinance, knowing that they still owe the contractor for the money, you know, for the work they did, finish it. Nobody called for a draw inspection, but the homeowner went to the bank, the lender, and said, look, we want to refinance. So the bank refinanced it. Now, they knew that there was a bunch of work not done, and they're not supposed to pay that out unless the work gets done. However, they did pay it out. They said, okay, well, you know the work's not been paid for. You're going to have to use this money we're giving you to pay this loan off, to pay the contractor off. Oh, sure, we'll do that. Well, oh, sure, we'll do that. Did not get it done. Now they've got a new loan on the place, so they're not going to be refinancing anytime soon. So the contractor now has to file a lien and start working at getting, uh, getting his lien perfected. That means getting him in front of a judge. Uh, you know, a lot of people think you can just file a lien and automatically it's going to get paid. No, you need to hire an attorney. You need to get him in front of a judge as soon as possible. Um, but whose fault is it? We're going to get into that when we get back from this short break. So call us at 888-627-6008 if you want to be part of the show. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after this break. Light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I thought we'd get a construction loan to fix our home, but they wanted four points and nine percent interest. And if we didn't get the job finished within six months, they wanted even more points. Then we heard about the FHA 203K program, where we could refinance our home and get the additional money to make those repairs all in one low interest loan. What a great idea. I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. That's a cute commercial. Let it shine. Anyway, getting back to where we were, who's who's culpable? Who's who's got the responsibility here? Well, uh, the contractor is going after title insurance, title company, because they uh, they should have been known or been told that there was construction that hadn't been paid for. They weren't, so they'll go back to the homeowner. So the homeowner is actually ultimately responsible. The lender thinks they're totally exempt from responsibility. I don't agree with them. I guess the courts will determine who is and who isn't. But uh, if you're getting a draw every 30 days, you can avoid this kind of thing. Uh, so maybe we do need to be a little more proactive in monitoring this stuff. But the draw department is that technically the one at the lender's office should have been calling and saying, hey, it's been 30 days since we've had a draw here. You need to get out and do a draw, even if they don't want one. Interesting. So uh, the draw department has the ability to call for a draw, even if the contractor has not yet called for a draw. So, ooh. Uh, so, and that's where I think the, the problem lies. They should have done it. Consultant, you know, if you hadn't seen one in 
45 to 60 days might might do your contractor a service by contacting him. I, as a consultant, I believe the contractor is a very strong ally in the construction in the future 203Ks because if he gets screwed and loses or loses his business because of not getting a payment of him for work he's done in a timely fashion, it could hurt him and he may not be there for your next job. So give it some thought. Um, another question we had recently, it comes up regularly, is landscaping. Can landscaping be done on an FHA 203K? Well, landscaping can and cannot be done. So it depends on what you're doing that you're calling landscaping. A friend of mine in Georgia says that uh, he just calls it grading. And he's a consultant, been one a long time, as long as I have, uh, very sharp. And he calls it grading and gets it by. I like to call things what they are. If it's grading, it's grading. But if it's planting, it's planting. If it's a sprinkler system, it's a sprinkler system. Sprinkler system goes in the plumbing section. Grading goes in the grading section. So in many cases, you're going to have some grading, and part of your landscaping is going to be grading, and that's fine. But if you're planting a few trees uh, for erosion control, I might put it in section six, exteriors. Section six, exteriors. So it, whatever you do with it, if you're going to be doing landscaping and financing it, be consistent. That's all I can tell you. Be consistent. So if you're going to be uh, putting something in for erosion control, I would put it in exteriors. If you're putting it under grading, then put it under grading. So just be aware of wherever you put it and be consistent so that when a lender starts using you and gets used to using you as a consultant, that they know they're going to find something about landscaping in Section 6 or they're going to find it in Section 12, wherever you put it, put it there consistently, okay? Um, the same thing with the real estate appraisers. If you're appraising things and you and you're calling things out, be consistent. You you have a way of writing. Uh, we used to use a lot of photographs in our appraisals. Uh, one lender laughed and says, hey, we loved your appraisals, but we call you the phot photographic appraiser. Uh, because I, I, I documented everything with photos. When we do draw inspections, HUD does not require photographs with draws, but the lenders all do. I don't know of any lender that lets you get a buy with uh, get you buy without any photographs of the items you're paying for. So if if you're going to be authorizing payment on new windows, for instance, uh, they say you can just take a picture of one or two. I'm just showing a new window, but what we do is cover ourselves, and we like to take a picture from each side of the house that shows the new windows. Um, it's it's weird because sometimes they don't have all the windows in. And, and if they're paying for 12 and you authorize payment on 12, 
and your pictures show 11 because one's not installed yet. Maybe it broke or whatever, or they brought the wrong size out accidentally, and they're going to bring it in. If you pay for an item that is, you know is not done, you can lose your ability to be a consultant or an inspector. So don't do that. If it's a short one, just take one less and pay for one less and pay for that one when it gets out there. So anyway, um, I want to thank the HUD consultants, by the way, nationally, that are in several groups like HUD Pros and A ACR, um, uh, ARC, I'm sorry, Association of Renovation Consultants. A new organization has recently started, but I took this from a web post on their Facebook page. Uh, I'm going out to look at a K this morning, which had a septic replacement is mandatory. It's the second K for this loan officer, and I'm just trying to figure out uh, See, I'm the only consultant they've worked with, and I'm trying to figure out whether that makes it a consultant K because it's only $15,000, and it's the only work they really want to do. $15,000. He's confused because something happens. With the limited 203K, it goes up to 35000 and in some areas now 50000 uh, for required work. But there's no step, no structural work. I was talking to several consultants, and we actually all think that anything, you're replacing a septic system, it's structural. But the guideline has been changed to read that you can replace or repair under the limited 203K. But 15000 is the threshold. At 15000 it requires a consultant slash inspector look at it when it's finished. So you're not getting away uh, with that. And you need to let your lenders know that you will also do those limited 203k inspections when the work is over 15,000 they're required it's not an option for a lender you don't just throw the consultant away with the dishwater you know it uh, if it's over 15,000 even whether it's septic work or anything else if it exceeds 15,000 it requires a consultant verify the work has been done properly so anyway i see we're running up against the clock we appreciate that you've been here uh, with us today, and also uh, look forward to seeing you next week. So thank you for being with us. Join us next week, Sunday, between 1 and 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, the broadcast is coming to you from Las Vegas, where we have our newest offices. We look forward to seeing you next time. Please bring your questions and plan on calling in. It's much more entertaining for me and you if we have some callers. So I look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, may God bless you. Tune in every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to BBS Radio Station 1 and learn more about making home renovations possible profitable, and hassle-free. Isn't it time you learned how to make money doing something you love? Visit 203konline.com now and let's get your home makeover projects done right. <laughs>